And Jesus is speaking. If I testify about myself, my testimony is not valid. There is another who testifies in my favor, and I know that his testimony about me is valid. You have sent to John, and he has testified to the truth. Not that I accept human testimony, but I mention it that you might be saved. John was a lamp that burned and gave light, and you chose for a time to enjoy his light. I have testimony weightier than that of John. For the very work that the Father has given me to finish, and which I am doing, testifies that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice, nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you, for you do not believe the one he has sent. You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. I do not accept praise from men, but I know you, and I know that you do not have the love of God in your hearts. I have come in my Father's name, and you do not accept me. But if someone else comes in his own name, you will accept him. How can you believe if you accept praise from one another, yet make no effort to obtain the praise that comes from the only God? But do not think I will accuse you before the Father. Your accuser is Moses, on whom your hopes are set. If you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? This is the word of the Lord. Can I get a witness? That is John 5. And our African-American brothers and sisters taught us that little line. Can I get a witness? That's the way you're supposed to get the church with you. Well, that's what Jesus is saying in John 5. He has made some outlandish claims that will get him crucified in John 19. They crucify him not for the works he did, but for making himself God's son. For this, they crucified him. But in making the claims, he follows up, and he calls into the court of human opinion, and he said, let me cite to you some witnesses. Uh, number one, John the Baptist. Two, he said, uh, my own works. Three, God the Father. Finally, he says, the scriptures. Elsewhere in the book of John, Christ himself makes the claim, but he's living on Deuteronomy ground, where Deuteronomy 17 and 19 said that nothing is true about you without witnesses. They said, the rabbi said, no man is authentic who only has self-testimony. If he does not have anyone beside himself that witnesses to who he is, you don't accept his testimony. And Christ is in a legal setting here. He's made this claim. He called God his Father back in John 5, 17. The Jews heard that, and they were outraged, for they understood it to be, you just said you're equal with God. Do you ever hear this line, 
He never claimed to be God. Have you ever heard that? He's claiming to be God. John 1 said, the Word was with God, the Word was God, the Word was made flesh. Only one member of the Trinity ever became human, God the Son. Jesus is called God some 14 to 15 times in the Bible. He claimed to be God. And he says in the beginning of John here, he said, I can do what the Father does in verses 19 and 20. Whatever the Father does, I can do. Uh, well, what about creation? Who created the world? All things came through him, God the Son. Father was the source, the Son was the agent, the Spirit was the means. Ek came out of God the Father, Dia through the agency of the Son by means of the Holy Spirit. He was the one who said, let us make man. Let us do this. God the Son was there. That's what he's claiming. I'm not a philosopher. I'm not just a nice teacher. And I'm not one of the 60 false messiahs that came in the first century, according to Josephus. I can do what God does. Now, this is his claims. It's one thing to claim it. It's another thing to do it. And so, we'll look at that. He goes and says in verse 21, I've got equal authority with my father. And the father, he raises the dead and gives him life. So do I. Whatever authority he has, I have. He says, I'm equal to the Father in judgment, so much so that God the Father has relinquished all judgment of angels, nations, men and women at the white throne judgment, believers' works, all categories of judgment has been delegated to the Son. He's the judge, not the Father. He turned it over to the Son. And then he goes on to say, I'm equal to the Father in honor. Look at verse 23. That all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Do you have to believe that Jesus is deity to go to heaven? You do? Does that offend and God could say, who cares? Everything I say bothers you folks. Who cares? I'm not taking a vote on it. We'll vote November. Guess what? God's one ruler we never vote on. We only vote on whether we want to spend eternity with him or without him. But we can't put him in or out of office. He's in the office. He's there by divine appointment. So we find a key term in the book of John is the term witness. It's used over 40 some odd times. And it's our word martyrion or martyria, and we get our word martyr from it. But it literally meant to give testimony and to be a witness. I want you to hear something that Leon Mar Morris says about a witness. If you call a witness into a court case, Let's say you're under accusation for something, and you tell your lawyer, these people saw it. These are my friends. Bring them to court. Here's something about a witness. It's a serious thing to call a witness, for witnesses establish a truth. It is a commitment to the truth to say, I'll be a witness for you. I will commit 
to the truth regarding you. It's not opinions. It's what I really saw. Watch Leon Morris. To be incapable of commitment is to be unable to be a witness. You can't call someone in, and when you're interviewing, they said, well, I sort of think it could have been that way. I might have. I don't want to be committed, but I think it could have been this man, that man, that place. No, no, no. A witness must be able to be committed to a true statement. And many, as you know, are willing to make commitments to no one or nothing. Especially in a postmodern world where truth is relative and it's just however man feels. But a witness was a serious commitment in a Jewish court. According to Deuteronomy 17 and 19, if I was being on, put on trial for murder and you stepped in as a witness and you said, he did it, and they proved that your testimony was false, under the law, you would sentence the false witness with the same penalty you would have given the murderer. So the penalty would fall on the false witness. So it was a serious thing to be a witness. Paul brought it over to the New Testament, never believe an accusation against a church leader unless you have two witnesses. Two, that means people who saw it, not they heard the rumor, they saw it, and they would stake their life on it. That's what a witness is about in John. And so we have to say that the book was written, the book of John, that let me give you the testimony of all these people as to who Christ is. Why? That you may know who he is and that by believing in him, you may have eternal life. But we want to call the witnesses to the court. But what did you say? first witness, I bring John the Baptist to you. He said, you guys remember John the Baptist when he was, uh, came out in his new wardrobe of camel skin, uh, locusts on his teeth, uh, no telling how his hair was. Uh, you talk about a weird looking guy at first. Just, I don't know, he might have been handsome. But anybody coming out dressed in camel skins a little different. I'm not talking about camel skin suit. I'm talking about camel skin. Grew up on locusts and wild honey. Came out of the wilderness, as it were. And all of a sudden, his preaching platform is down by Jordan. And people turn out to hear him. And he's saying, repent. The kingdom of God is about to come upon you. The king is among you. What do you have to say, John, about Jesus, who is your cousin, that you're six months older? Hey, he is the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world, John 1. He is before I was. Wait, wait, John, you're older than Jesus. You don't get it. This man was before all men. He's the eternal that's come to live in a body. What else, John? He is greater than I. I, can, I find myself not even worthy to tie his shoestrings. This one is before I was. He's greater than I am. Matter of fact, he must increase and I must decrease. He is going to rise. I'm going to decline. 
I am a voice in the wilderness saying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. This is Christ, the Messiah, the Lamb, the one that can set up the kingdom for Israel. And he says they loved his preaching for a while. That when he came in verse 35, he's like a burning and shining lamp. And you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. You loved to hear him preach, but you didn't buy his message about Christ. You wouldn't accept what he said about his cousin, the Messiah. He said he was God's lamb. He said he was the king come. This is him. This is him. This is him. Great preacher. Greatest prophet born to men. He's my witness. John, who do you say I am? You are the Christ, the Son of God. You are the Lamb of God. You are who you say you are. You are God's Son. Israel, what do you do with John's testimony? It burned brightly. Many were baptized. Many followed him. What do you do with him? We like to hear him. We just don't buy what he says about Christ. His second witness he calls into court. He says, let me call another witness as to who I am. Look at verse uh, 36. He says, but the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish the very works that I am doing bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. I call into the court all the works that I've done. What works did you do? Do another miracle. You remember Paul said the Jews demanded signs? Well, John's gospel's written around seven miraculous signs Jesus did. Let's, let's track them out. John 2, I can take water and just say, turn to wine, and it happens. Try that. Try that in the Napa Valley. You become a multimillionaire, especially when it's the best wine in town. I can just turn water to, well, who do you think you are? I'm the creator. Matter does what I say. You remember, I spoke this thing into existence. When I speak, things happen. How many men do you think would like that little formula? like that man that was pulled over and they tested his driving, tested, gave him an alcohol test and saw that he's drunk. He said, no, 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 I, I didn't do it. Then they checked his car and fought, found a bottle of wine. And they said, look at here, look at that wine. And the man said, my Lord done done it again. <laughs> you know, uh, this, this Savior can turn water to wine, no problem. That is funny. Let's keep going. Uh, John 4, he can speak the word and not even be in the room and watch a nobleman's son raised. Just like that. Just take my word for it. John 5, man 38 years lame by the pool of Bethesda. Just pick up your mat and walk. Hey, you ought to try that. Just go tell a paralytic. Go tell a lame. Go to some hospital and just say, Get up and walk. Buddha, you say it. Muhammad, you say it. Every world claim, just say it and let me see him walk. 
and not be rigged. 38 years and he gets up and walks on the authority of a man he doesn't even know, a man he didn't exercise great faith. He just followed orders. God could do miracles in your life if you just obey him. If you do what he says, quit saying, oh, Lord, do something for me. He's saying, when are you going to obey me? If I told you what to do, would you do it? You see, intent is more important than content. Show me. No, what's your intention? If I tell you what to do, will you do it? That's half the New Testament miracles. They just did what he said. The miracle happens in your life when you just obey this master Messiah. His word is like the word of no other. If you want to just debate philosophy and words, go to Cal. If you want to find out a word that can set you free, you better go to the book of John and read about a man that spoke like no man spoke. When he said, get up 38 years, the man gets up. John 6, he needs to get across the lake, no problem. Just walk across it. Try that. Better be sure you've got a life preserver, though, because you're not going to make it. Just walk across that water. Why? The creator spoke to the water, become a sidewalk, like that. See the wind and the water, and demons know who he is, do you? Demons never. They said, why did you come to torment us before our time? When Satan tempted Christ, he tempted him on the assumption he was the son of God. See, he's smarter than theologians. He knows who he is because Christ created Satan as one of the angels. And he said, since you are the son of God, turn this stone into bread. You know what? That's no temptation for me. I'm being tempted. What is it to turn a stone into bread? That's no temptation. I can't do it. You got to be able to do it. Satan knew what the son could do. He knows who Christ is. Then you've got these miracles in John 6. Try feeding 5,000 at one time, not counting the women and the children. So I figure if you threw in wives, children, you'd probably have 15,000 being fed in one day. You're trying to feed two kids. He could just, like that, John 9, a boy born blind. He can speak the word, he's healed. John 11, a man's been dead for three days so that they're afraid if they pull back the stone on the sepulcher that the smell of decomposition will be so strong they don't even want to be involved. But he said, no, no problem. Roll it back. Lazarus, come out of there. These miracles were seen by many eyewitnesses. He said, if you don't believe who I am, just see who can do the works I do. Not bad. We call that empirical eyewitness proof in court. Thousands saw it. How many people do you think could have stood up and say, I was at the lunch he prepared. I was there. Thousands in Palestine. So he said, I call my works to witness that I am truly who I say I am. I am the God-man. Thirdly, I like to call my, uh, uh, by the way, I, I love the fact that uh, John the Baptist, you know, got thrown in jail and left this world with his head in a basket and a sensuous little girl went and gave it to the king. What a way for a prophet to leave this world because he, he told him you shouldn't be sleeping with the woman you're sleeping with. That can get you killed. But while he's in jail, he began to have doubts. He began to wonder. And he said to himself, 
I wonder if I've been right about this Christ. And Jesus received John's disciples. And he said, you go back and you tell John, the blind see, the deaf hear, the dead are being raised again, and the gospel is being preached to the poor. I'm doing everything Messiah is supposed to do. You go tell my discouraged servant he wasn't wrong about who I am. Go tell him. You may have your moments, but guess what? He keeps on showing, I am who I said I am. So then we come to God the Father. Verse 32, he doesn't mention the Father by name, but he mentions there's another who testifies to me, and I believe it's God the Father, uh, that he bears witness about who I am. And then he goes down, verse 37, and the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard. His form you've never seen. And you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. Father, how have you witnessed about your son? What about the baptism? A voice came out of heaven. What did he say? This is my beloved son. And the spirit descended like a dove. The triune Godhead showed up at the baptism of Christ. The father spoke, the son descended, and the son was baptized. The father showed up at his baptism. Mount Transfiguration. Peter got carried away and started a building project. Whips out three tents. We're going to build one to Moses, one to Elijah, and the father interrupts. Whoa, 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 whoa. My son has no rivals. My son doesn't compete. Moses can't hold a light to him. Elijah can't hold a light. If you're going to build anything, Peter, you build it to my son. Hear him. This is my son up here on this mount. Hear him. The father all the way through the narrative of John is attesting his love for the son, his uh, identity. Let me tell you, you can't go to heaven believing in God, just the God of your own imagination. You must believe in the God who has a son called Jesus, who died for your sins, who rose again, who ascended, who is coming again. You cannot know God. You can say, I worship uh, Muhammad, Allah, uh, the God of deism. I worship the uh, eternal spirit being, the, the cloud God, the moon God, the tree God. None of that saves. There is salvation in no other name but the name of Jesus Christ. You must come through the Son. You must come through the Son. There's no other way. We are not folks that say, God, 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 rub a rabbit's foot and throw dice and think you're going to heaven. No, no, you come to trust in the Son. How could God let anyone into heaven who wouldn't come through his Son? The only reason he made hell for you, he will not make anyone be trapped with the Son forever. And so those that don't come through the Son, God has created a compartment of isolation from the Father and the Son. It's hell. 
But you see, heaven, there's a song we used to sing, Jesus will be what makes it heaven for me. He is the centerpiece of heaven. He's the lamb. He's the light. He is the center. Everything in history is running to the lamb, either in judgment or to the city of the lamb. We're all running to the lamb one way or the other. You will see the lamb, a real man, a God man that still retains the marks of the prince in his hands. He goes on to say, not only has the father witnessed about me, but he goes on to say, the scriptures, they testify. I call John the Baptist in court. I call my works into court. I call my father's testimony. Now I bring to you the scriptures. They testify of me. Listen to what he says. You search the scriptures, verse 39. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life. Do you hear that? You study the scriptures, talking to the religious leaders. He's not talking to Joe's pool hall. This is not at the Antler's Bar. He's talking to the religious leaders who say, you're all mixed up theologically. You don't know who you are. And we're going to kill you by saying that you are the Son of God. We're going to kill you. Mark our words. He said, you study the scriptures. The people that saw to it he got killed were Bible scholars. They knew more Bible than anyone in this place, especially the Old Testament. They didn't have a New Testament, but they were full of scripture. They were rabbis, specialists in the law. They were fanatics about the Old Testament. They have the scriptures, and they thought if we keep searching them, you're going to get eternal life by searching the scriptures. Be diligent. And they would do things like this. In their scrolls, they would count how many letters there were a line. They, would all, they were fanatical about finding the middle letter on a page, as though there was something magical about that. The middle, oh, right there, four. That's the middle letter. Mm -mm. Honey, I found the middle letter. Four. Was so what? Uh, uh, he, he used the word no a hundred times. Good. You can count. Well, there's a million Philistines. Imagine you get a love letter from your girlfriend in the days that they wrote. Not text. They wrote. That text, and you can't smell text. You got to smell a little midnight in Rodeo perfume. You get a real love letter, honey. Come on. It's the smell that counts. And, and you're reading, and, and I see you and say, hey, man, oh, oh, you got a letter from your sweet, yeah. She used 100 words. Oh, great. She misspelled three. What? did she say? I don't know. I, I just count letters. Just count words. That's how bad the Jews were. Counting this. Detail. This, that. And you think some way if you just study this enough, eternal life is a Bible worn out. No, it's not. We don't worship the Bible. The Bible that's just ink and paper. That doesn't save anybody. It's who it's about that saves. 
My Savior is not a book. There's a book he gave that told me I needed him. I worship Christ, not a book. Because you can read this book all you want, all your life. You can go to all the Jehovah Witness Bible studies you want. And you can go to the temple for the Mormons all you want. And you can study this and Moroni and still not find him. You won't find it in Moroni. And you won't find it in Riceroni. You just won't do it. It's Christ. Christ. But you can study the Bible. I, I know people, they got all kinds of verses memorized, and I've seen them quote me verses while they were going into sin. It's amazing how much Bible handling you can have, and, and you still don't understand. Because you see, if the Holy Spirit doesn't remove the blinders on your eyes that he said in 2 Corinthians, when the Jew today reads the scriptures, he's got blinders over his eyes and he can't see Christ. And I'm afraid some of you can't. More Bible teaching goes on and no Christ. We're in love with studies, but we're blind to Christ. A lot of preaching in this country has no Christ in it. Five steps to be a success. Six steps for a great marriage. Nine steps on how to raise children that have already moved out of the house. Uh, you know, 90 ways to overcome depression. Uh, that, that, I want all those. I've taken them, I think. I can still go to hell. There's a theme in this book, and it's from Genesis to Revelation. It's about this way. Genesis says, I need a redeemer. And from Genesis on, I start checking a bloodline when all the nations abandoned God in Genesis 11. I'm going to start over with Abraham. I'm going to bring a seed to Abraham. And we see that seed persecuted, killed, snuffed out almost, the root cut through the ground, like Isaiah said, and out of dry ground, a Messiah springs up in Bethlehem. Out of the stump of the Davidic dynasty was cut to the ground, and we will never see a Davidic king, but a shoot shot up in the house of David. A little shoot came up and said, watch out, we've got that, that stump that's been cut off in Kings and Chronicles and all the judgment and the dispersion of Israel. Don't you worry, Israel. There's a branch coming out of Judah, and in that branch is Messiah. And a little girl is going to bring Messiah into this world. See, all the way, my need for a Redeemer, the channel that the Redeemer will come through in the Gospels, the Redeemer shows up, introduces himself, does his work. He's crucified. His church is born in Acts. He talks to us in the epistles how the people of the redeemed ought to behave. And then he hangs out there. I'm coming again like I came the first time. I'll come in power. I'll come riding a white stallion out of the heavens. I won't come meek and lowly. I'll crush my opposition, and you will reign with me forever. It's all about him from Genesis to Revelation. No matter where you cut this book, you're either seeing him come you're seeing your need for him, or he's come. This is what he's going to do. The Bible is about Christ. It's about Christ. 
If you miss Christ, you missed everything. One of our missionaries, uh, when we were in uh, New York some years ago, uh, Carolyn and I was over in the Manhattan area doing Behold Your God campaign with our uh, Jewish evangelists, uh, Jews for Jesus, and uh, Oded happened to be working in an area that uh, rabbis would leave their neighborhood and went to certain bars uh, in Brooklyn at night just so all the rabbis can meet together, have a drink. And so uh, what our guys did, Oded and his team, they would stay sometime till 2.30 in the morning till the bar closed so they could witness to these Orthodox rabbis. And uh, he said so often when he engaged with the rabbis, all they could quote to him was Torah, the first five books of Moses, because that's where they live. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, that's it. He said sometimes he would read to them Isaiah 53, and he said he had rabbis say to him, we never heard of this before. And he said, you never heard of this before? It's in your prophets. And we don't read the prophets. We only read the law. Just the law. We want to know those 613 rules that Moses gave. We want to know if we can eat frogs or gnats. We want the kosher laws. We want to see the Sabbath laws. And so they're over here in all the rules and Sabbath and uh, what's clean, what's unclean, uh, how to kill a, a bull, how to kill a lamb, uh, how much we can leave on the altar, what the priests are supposed to do, all of that, right? Let's see, right about here uh, for, for them and the rabbis, it all ends right about there. I haven't read the rest of the story. Isaiah, yeah, he will be wounded for our transgressions, he will be bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brings us peace shall fall upon him. All we like sheep have gone astray, but the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. But it pleased the Lord to make his soul a guilt offering, for he shall see and rejoice in the day that he has an offspring as a result of his death. Look unto him, and you shall be saved, all ye ends of the earth. Have you ever read that, Rabbi? No. Christ said, you're searching the scriptures. You think you can find eternal life, and the theme of all the scriptures is standing in front of you. I'm doing everything the prophet said Messiah would do. I was born in Bethlehem. Messiah is born in Bethlehem, Micah 5.1. I was born of a virgin, Isaiah 7. The kingdoms are mine, Isaiah 9. Atonement will be made, Isaiah 53. I'm the seed of the woman, Genesis 3:15. I'm the greater prophet than Moses, Deuteronomy 18. I am the one the scriptures are all talking about. And you've got caught up reading all the side scripts and the instructions and all the rules. It's like some folks in church, they know all the rules, they just don't know Christ. They're churchy to the tip of their fingernails, but they don't know Christ. They're on the board, they know how we ought to spend every dime, but they don't know Christ. That's why they don't sing, that's why they don't pray, that's why they don't give. 
They're sitting in the garage, but they haven't become a car. They're in the right place, but until you see Christ, it's the work of the Spirit. You remember when those two were walking on the Emmaus Road, and, uh, and he joined them? He said, how are things going on in Jerusalem? He said, well, haven't you heard? This man, Jesus, showed up, claimed to be Messiah. They've killed him. They've buried him. Come on, you need to read the Jerusalem Gazette and get caught up. It said he began with Moses and the prophets and showed them everything that spoke of him. Let me say this to you. If you hear in this pulpit nothing but do's and don'ts, and you hear a whole lot of stuff, at least, if it goes at least three weeks without Jesus being in this pulpit, I want you to yell out there, I won't be a witness. I'm a witness against you. Bring him up. I want to hear about Christ. I'm a Christian. I'm not a law follower. The law saves no one. Do you want the law? Join Israel. Galatians 3 said the law was a schoolmaster that led a child and led them and took care of them. But when dad came home, the schoolmaster turned you over to your father and said the law was until Christ came. It led, it led. The law saves no one. Scriptures save no one. Christ saves. Christ saves. Don't care how much Bible you memorize. Now, once you become a child of God, you're supposed to get a voracious appetite like a child that desires milk, the milk of a mother when they're born. Hunger is built in. You know, when I see someone that says they're saved, the first thing I look for is, are you hungry to know? Are, are you hungry for... No, no, I feel pretty good. You, you must have been born again. All babies are born with hunger. They want to know. Can't get enough. I know people read the Bible through seven times the first year they were saved. Couldn't get enough. The law couldn't save. The law brought me to the one that saves. You search the scriptures. Brian Chappelle wrote a book on Christ-centered preaching in which he indicted much preaching today that uh, preaches moralisms, preaches things that you can preach uh, in the synagogue he said, if your message will not offend the synagogue, you're not preaching Christ. We are not passing on moralisms and nice stuff, and we're not just prophetic nuts that like prophecy and don't want to talk about Christ. We're not just talking about Proverbs and raising kids and whether we ought to nurse children or not. We're about Christ, Christ, his person, his power, his deity, his coming, everything he alone saves. That's what scares me sometimes in Sunday school teaching. Do you ever get to Christ? Just telling them about Noah and the ark won't save. You've got to tell them there's a greater ark here than what Noah built. There's an ark called Jesus. You've got to get on board. He is the one that saves. There's someone here greater than David and Goliath. Christ is my David who went into the valley of death and there conquered sin, death, and the grave. He is my conqueror. He's my savior. It's not just little stories. It's about him. History 
is his story. Well, I'll calm down. Uh, he goes on to say, you refuse to come to me that you might have life. You refuse. I do not receive glory from people, but I know that you do not have love for God within you. All men do, are born without love for God. That's your natural state. I do not know. I know that you don't have this love for me. I've come in my Father's name, and you don't receive me. If another comes in his own name, you will receive him. Like I said, 60 false messiahs appeared in the first century. And an antichrist will show up eventually. He'll come in his own name, and you'll receive him. Anybody that promises you peace. Uh, how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believe Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? It is an astonishing thing to be told as a Jewish man, a Jewish rabbi, Moses will meet you at the judgment of God, and he is going to accuse you to God. He's going to tell you, you haven't kept the Ten Commandments. You broke more commandments than ten, and you can never have God's approval by law. No man has ever kept the law but Christ. Come to Christ, and God gives you credit for keeping the law because he imputes Christ's righteousness. But he said he's going to meet you. Israel, you think Moses can save? He's going to be at the white throne judgment. And if you're Jewish and you rejected me, I'm going to have him step forward. And his finger will say, you missed the one I wrote about. You missed the one that every lamb that was slain pointed to. You missed God's Sabbath. This was God's Sabbath rest. You missed him, you missed him, you missed him, and you said you blamed it on me. You said, we're going to trust Moses. Moses can get us in. Moses can't get you in. Only Christ can. Only Christ. Can I get a witness about who he is? Can I get a witness? We want our brothers to come. We're going to close. I like that. Can I get a witness and just think of all the multitude that will be around the throne in the final day. All of these are witnesses. This is the Lamb of God. Think of all the people during his earthly ministry. This is the Lamb of God. And you know what's amazing to me, church? Let me say several things. When the men that bailed out on Christ and all gave in to being cowards. Peter, all the disciples, he said in Acts 1.8, cowards, show up in the upper room, and I'm going to give you the kind of power that will make you witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the uttermost parts of the world. It'll even make you a witness on your job, in your home, at your school, because we're all basically cowards when it comes to owning Christ.
we want to we want to keep it silent.